0: This is the Saucer Afterlife, wherein we tie up loose ends, have second thoughts, provide updates, and respond to feedback. In this installment, I want to share a bit of contacteism from Austria. This was cut from our Dan Fry episode, and if you've heard that one, this bit comes right after we hear from the foreword from the White Sands incident, which was written by publisher Franklin Thomas. <laughs> Wait, who was Franklin Thomas? Franklin Thomas was a relatively small-time promoter of contactee stories. I think New Age Publishing was his imprint. Um, And I say relatively small-time, pretty big in the contactee world, but, you know, small overall. And one of these uh, stories and books and pamphlets was one from an, an anonymous Austrian that he had published in 1955 as We Come in Peace, A Martian Lands in Austria. This pamphlet contains one of the more ludicrous and wonderful bits of description in all of Contact Edom, and while I don't have the original document, this lengthy excerpt appeared in an issue of the Borderland Sciences Research Association newsletter. The author was anonymous, but appeared in the, the pamphlet edited by Franklin Thomas, and Thomas was also involved in the production of Fry's book, The White Sands Incident. I jumped up, staring in wonder as one transfixed, Its reality could not be doubted. There was a mysterious flying machine from another world. All of a sudden the lid of this strange machine was lifted, and a luminous being issued forth. Slowly and carefully he stepped from his machine which grew more luminous. His entire body was enveloped by an aura which radiated a deep and most beautiful shade of blue. This color had a most soothing effect on my eyes and my whole being so that I opened my hands and with outstretched arms proceeded to approach this wondrous being with slow and measured steps. Then I began to see his face. It was a human face, similar to ours, but an expression like that of an angel and of a strange but mild beauty. The eyes were larger than those of us humans, but they radiated power, kindness, and goodness simultaneously. The nose was smaller and the mouth seemed barely indicated. On the forehead I could see a round and very luminous dot which seemed to grow larger and take on the shape of an antenna somewhat like that of a giant snail. Actually this luminous feeler seemed to grow larger and larger and moved about as though seeking in the air in the direction in which I now stood motionless. Then he too remained still and thus we stood as though hypnotized. He wore a tight garment closely adhering to his body that enveloped head, hands and feet, only the face was uncovered and free. The material of the suit seemed as though made of spun glass. His legs were very thin and his arms like our own. His hands and fingers seemed to be very muscular. Suddenly the figure came to life. Slowly he approached me, lifted his arms high and laid his hands upon my head. Thus we remained a long time. Then I felt his feeling organ touch my forehead between the eyes. It was as though a new sense awakened in me. I could comprehend the messages his mouth perhaps could not. I understood immediately as long as he touched me with his antenna, perceived as of extraordinary delicacy and pleasantness, his thoughts were as a stream of fire pouring through me. I sense that you are differently constituted from your fellow men. Therefore I will reveal to you who we are and what our purpose is on Earth. Yes, we come from the star that you call Mars. Why do you name our planet after the god of war? Why do you fear that we will bring disaster and new wars? Yes, it is true that our planet is older than yours and more highly evolved. We have progressed further in science, but also further in our inmost being. We love peace above all things and know vaguely that in the hoary past there was such a thing as war, in which human beings, for the sake of unimportant and worthless things, wound and dismember each other, and only because a few so-called supermen have willed it. I am astonished to learn that you are still living in this most primitive condition and that this most unholy and sinful thing is clothed in words of virtue so that men and women may become more quickly excited about it. You speak of honor, of necessary sacrifice on the battlefield. You speak of love to your rulers and tyrants who kill those who do not and cannot understand. But he who makes the sacrifices demanded by war and loses his all, he is forthright forgotten after the war has ended. I feel the question in your heart how have we come to know all this? Surely you know that we have been coming to earth for a long time, that we encircle the earth, and we do not have to learn the various languages of men. We have evolved to the point where we can read thoughts, and this is due to the fact that we possess an organ which you also possess, but have neglected until it is atrophied. It is the third eye. Just as you can expand your vision by means of optical instruments and thus see into immense distances, so we also have tools and instruments by means of which we can see immense distances. But we also have the third eye, and this single eye is not merely useful for seeing, and with it we can also hear, or rather we can become aware of everything that transpires in men's hearts, whether it be joy, happiness, irritation, dissatisfaction, or anger. Luminous feeler. This is an amazing bit of contacty narrative, mostly because the description is so rich. Um, There's a vividness to it that we don't often get in some contact accounts, and it feels much more like a spiritual encounter than an extraterrestrial one. Of course, we all know that's something of a false dichotomy a lot of times. So this story didn't get a lot of play, in comparison to some other contactee stories. But what's interesting is in the pamphlet that we're going to discuss in a little bit to the men of Earth, this story sort of comes up as an example of other people who have had a contact um, with a spaceman. And so Dan Fry and his publisher don't sort of say, well, look at George Adamski, look at Truman Bethram, look at all these guys. They say, look at this this Austrian guy whose book you can purchase from this company, which is a nice little bit of um, business there. And at that point, we picked back up with uh, with talking about the White Sands incident and and some other things. Well, the other things you heard in the episode. Thank you. For taking the time to listen to this installment of the Saucer Afterlife. Uh, our associate producer is Simpson J. Hanover III, and we are a Chiso Media LLC production.